0: All right, I know you have your Bibles, right? All right, so let's open up to the 23rd Psalm tonight. Title of the message tonight, When the Lord is my shepherd. Um, Google search says this is the most popular psalm that's out there. Of course, uh, most often associated with funerals, I believe. And yet it's not a funeral psalm at all. It's about the Lord and his heart and his watching over and his shepherding us through this life and my heart for us tonight is that we'd walk out of here with a brand new completely different um, perspective of his love for us so i think a lot of us i think our our concept of his love is more like theory yeah okay i i think it's somewhere in the bible i know we sing about it. i mean isn't it kind of neat how many songs we sang about the love of god you know brandon didn't know what i was teaching on and the cool thing is pastor greg taught thursday night I didn't know what he was going to teach. He didn't know what I was going to teach. And yet, so there's this like theme going through that I, I believe that a lot of us are, are missing out so much on the, the reality of his love for us. That it's not just something, uh, you know, where there's this distant God who created the universe and this and that. You know, okay, yeah, he says he loves me. The Bible says he loves you. People tell me he loves me. But do I really sense his love? Do I feel his love? And it's not about emotions and feelings, but it is in the, con- in the context of just, man, when I'm walking through this, this life, is he real to me? Is he there for me? Do I know that love? And, and how do you experience that love? Because we, we love between each other, and there's that feeling, that emotion that is there. And yet, how do you love something that you can't see? In reality, you can't touch. You can't grasp, and yet, you know that he's there. So I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit tonight. Okay, you know, some of you are going to think this is kind of sappy, but I got to tell you, all right, true story here. Me and Cheryl, a couple months, about a month ago, got some puppies. And I'm going to throw a picture up there on the screen for you so you can see these puppies. Now, come over there, okay. See, that's the response that I thought that, especially the ladies out there. I mean, look at these dogs, all right? And, of course, we didn't really want dogs, but, okay, we finally gave in everything. And I'm going to tell you what, these dogs have changed their lives. It's like it, almost better than having babies because babies, you know, we got like a huge responsibility that you got to watch over. But having these puppies, it's like being crazy. They're just like so full of life and love for us. And you can't help but look at them and go like, oh, my gosh. Now, the one on the right, that's Finn. He's the little boy. We, we nicknamed him Marty because his eyes are a little cockeyed there a bit. Marty fell, remember? Okay, never mind. Some of you guys see him? <laughs> and she's Fiona. So Finn and Fiona and she's crazy, out of control, just like all over you. He's a little more shy, a little more bashful kind of place, but he's big. He's, he's kind of crazy. He's just so sweet. So in this, getting these dogs, what God did for me was gave me a whole new perspective of his love for me. Okay, you can take away the dogs. Everybody's, I just lost you all anyhow. But um, anyhow, they're, they're Boston uh, Terriers. just so sweet. Um, but this idea of God's love for for me came out in the fact that, you know what? I am thinking about those dogs. I am caring for those dogs. I am feeding those dogs. I am watching over those dogs. I am protecting those dogs. I am loving those dogs. I can't wait to get home tonight. To just jump all over them and, and, and hug them and kiss them. And then they'll be licking me all over the place and biting me and everything. And I thought about my care for these dogs. They're, right now, they're oblivious to where I'm at and yet what am i doing i'm talking about them it's kind of crazy bible study on these dogs but i'm thinking about them i'm i'm concerned about them i'm wondering who's there watching them are they okay do they have their food are there is the cat getting to them i mean all these kind of things and it just spoke so much to my heart about our god in the context of him as our shepherd here in psalm 23 because Paul spoke about God's love and spoke about even to the Ephesians in chapter 3 that he wanted, he prayed that they would know the love of God that surpasses understanding. Do you know that love tonight? I believe there's many tonight, definitely throughout the church, who don't really know that love. You're searching for that love. You're like, I want to experience that love. But we're going to walk through the 23rd Psalm here tonight, and I pray that as we just read the Scriptures and let them speak to our heart, that you walk out of here tonight whole different idea. And of course, we're going to shift from puppies to sheep, and we're the sheep, and he's the shepherd. But you know what? I'm the shepherd of those dogs. I'm watching over those dogs. I'm caring for them. I'm protecting them. And I just, I love the fact that they're there. And, and I, you know, like I said, I can't wait to get to them, have a bowl of ice cream, and hang out with my puppies. It's going to be a great thing. But see, God speaks of his word, speaks of his love in his word, and in his idea, he speaks, he demonstrates it, and we need to receive that and truly live in that place of his love. He spoke of his love, Jeremiah. I got some scriptures here, and there's all kinds of scripture. We could go on and on. But Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord has ap- appeared to me of old, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness I have drawn you. And the idea that his loving kindness is there, and that truly, ultimately, is what drew us to him. Psalm 36, 7. How precious is. Is your loving kindness, oh God, I love it, it's precious. Therefore, the children of man put their trust under the shadow of his wings that that precious love he has for us. Ephesians 2 4 through 7. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, isn't it amazing? We're dead in trespasses, yet God, in his love for us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved, you raised us up together, made us sit together. In the heavenly places in Christ, this is before we even knew him. He had this plan of of showing us his love, of pouring out his love upon us through Christ before we even came to know him. And this idea of how how he speaks to our love, 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called, what? Children of God? My goodness, how incredible that is, that love for us, that that we are children of God of God but also he demonstrated his love towards us turn with me to Romans 5 you got to know this and I know most of you do but Romans chapter 5 there was this demonstration it wasn't just words it was demonstration we can say all we want about loving other people but when I do something when there's some action backs up my love for my wife or my kids or you or anybody else that's the demonstration Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God demonstrated his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, <laughs> crazy, Christ died for us, much more having, been, having now been justified by his blood, we should be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we are reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life and his life in us. God in his demonstration for us and demonstrated this love with the promise of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. Do we understand how incredible that gift is? That we are never going to die. And it was all because of God and his love for us, sending his son for us to demonstrate this. Now the thing about this, of course, and we all know John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, right? But now we need to live in that love. We need to abide. John fifteen nine says... As the Father has loved me, so I, Jesus, have loved you. Now abide in my love. What's that word, abide mean? Live. Live in that place of love. Live in the context as we look at him as our shepherd. Because we have to personalize this relationship we have with Jesus. we got to personalize him. That's this beautiful concept, the idea that, that David came across with. It's like the best words in this psalm for us to get this idea that he is personal he is watching over us he demonstrated this love and now we need to live there this everlasting is never changing always perfect love and and you got to ask yourself the question where are you living today are you living in that place where you just know you are so loved by him those puppies they know that me and my wife love them do you know that him as your shepherd loves you that way? Or is there some sort of legalism? Is there some sort of like maybe old school Catholicism where if you act up and you get out of line, man, you are, you're close. You, just, you might not make it. You, you, for you for sure, I mean, probably many of the, of the, the rambunctious young kids in, in those schools and everything were told, you know what, you're going to be in perdition for a long time. Sad. Purgatory. But I need to live in this. Understanding that nothing can separate me from that love. How many of you know Romans 8 31? Let's turn there. You got to go to this passage of scripture. You need to know the addresses. You need to have, you need to have the 23rd Psalm memorized. Anybody out there have it memorized? Don't raise your hand. Just quote it. <laughs> Romans 8 31. What then shall we say to these sayings? If God is for us. Who can be against us? Do I know that? Do I believe that? And he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So Paul here, talking about this incredible God, he goes on to say, And who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? There's no condemnation. No condemnation in Christ. It is Christ who died, furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So he's saying in his death, there's nothing. What else could God do? How else could he demonstrate his love? He he gave us his very best. He gave us his son. But then he goes on, 35. Now who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or perilous sword. As it is written, he's quoting Psalm 44 here, as this is the Christian life, at times, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. It's tough. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. What? Through him who loved us. And now here it is with Paul. He says, I am persuaded. I am absolutely convinced, rock solid, That there's nothing, nothing that can separate us from his love. He goes through this incredible list. Neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Nothing in this universe, in this what we call existence, in this place. Nothing. Because it was all created. Nothing can separate us and be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you Are experiencing that kind of love tonight? Turn back with me to Psalm 23. And So tonight we want to apply this love to us as a shepherd. And now we can go to John chapter 10. Now these, these verses here, for us, are now taking this now, okay, this idea of him as a shepherd. And Jesus, speaking of himself in John chapter 10, verse 11, says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Okay, there's a demonstration. But this idea of him being our shepherd is there is nothing that that shepherd is not going to do for those sheep. And there's nothing. He didn't spare his own son. Why is he going to withhold anything else from you? And yet we have this concept, this idea. I don't know. I wasn't too good yesterday. Maybe today because I was a little better. I might get the ice cream tonight. You never know. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Okay, that's, that's interesting. He knows his sheep and his sheep know him. Now, question is, does he know you? You can say all you want. Oh, yeah, I know of God. I know Jesus. But go to Matthew chapter 7 there, verse 21, I think it is. And there's some, he's going to look and say, Sorry. I don't recognize you. Does he know you tonight? And do you know him? Then jumping down, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Now that's incredible love. That's a shepherd. That's one who's guarding us and watching over us and keeping us. As long as I'm abiding in that love and I know him, he knows me, I'm here. I'm safe. I'm caught up in that love. So now let's go to the 23rd Psalm. Let's look at him as our shepherd here tonight. And, and we'd look at eight main points going through uh, this psalm. Six incredible verses, six verses that you should put within your heart, memorize, that you could quote them during the middle of the night. When the dreams come, the thoughts come, the anxiety comes, the problems of life, and they overwhelm you. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. And when the Lord is your shepherd, number one, it's a walk of contentment. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord, Jehovah, the self-existent eternal one, the one who created the heavens and the earth. Everything and anything you see, experience, are whatever, he did it. He owns it. He has it. He can give it. He can take it. It's a walk of contentment. I have all that I need, and he knows what I need before I even know it myself. And yet we walk around, well, I sure wish I could have this. I want this. No, he doesn't give you your wants. He gives you what you need. And he keeps us oftentimes from those wants, knowing that most of the time they hurt us. But he's also, he's looking out for me. My pups, man, I give them food. I give them shelter. I give them love. They got their own remote. I mean, they're set up, ready to go. And they are content and I am content because God is my shepherd. There's no want when he's my shepherd. When I see him as a sheep and him walking above me and watching over me and giving me everything I need, that shepherd is, was responsible to take care of every single need. And you've heard it said, sheep are the dumbest animals on earth. I don't know, cats, cats kind of get in that kind of close. Cats are smart. They know how to t- give me my food. They're real nice. When they got their food, they're gone. They don't care about you. Not like my dog, so. So when the Lord is my shepherd, it's a walk of contentment. Number two, though, it's a walk of peace. I love this picture. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. You Just just saying those verses just causes me to go, ah. And you think about it as a shepherd and sheep. See, the sheep needed to feel safe in order to lie down. Skittish, jumpy, scared. Hear a cricket and they jump. And yet when the shepherd was there... And when they had been given all the food that they needed, they were content and they could lie down in peace. And, and coming beside the still waters, see, the shepherd knows that a sheep, he's not going to drink from, you know, fast moving water. It scares him. So he had to always find that place where the, maybe it was a little bend in the stream and it was still and it was quieter for the sheep to feel safe. To go up to it and drink the water. They're full. They're satisfied. They can drink. It's it's quiet. It's peaceful. It's calm. And for us, he brings us where we need to be. See, my translation says he makes. It's not like he makes. No, no. He makes the way. He makes the way for me to be able to lie down. He makes the way for me to come beside the still waters. He's, He's looking out for that. He wants that in our lives. The last thing He wants is for us to live anxious and so fretting, so worried that you you got no fingernails. You're you're just a mess. You're going to see the doctor. You're not getting any sleep. No, 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 no. It's a walk of peace when the Lord is your shepherd. And He watches over me, and he, He does. He restores. When He brings me to where I need to be, He restores my peace. So walk of contentment, walk of peace. Thirdly, though, It's a walk of right living. It says, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I love this. He leads me. He guides me. He he leads me in the right way. It's a walk of right living, you guys. He's not going to let me wander in a place that is dangerous for me. The same with the sheep. He wouldn't do it. My pups, I'm not going to let my dogs run out into the street. I'm going to grab them. I'm going to guide them. I'm going to direct them. Stay on the sidewalk or stay in the backyard or stay in the house. That's our God. He, he leads me. He guides me in paths of righteousness, right living. He's not going to let me go where I shouldn't go. Now, sheep being dumb as they were, and dogs even, and us as sheep, that's when we get in trouble, though. When we run off, and we get away from the shepherd, and we start going down a path of what? Path of destruction. We mess it up. He's not going to lead me there. And he does this that he may be honored in my life, that, that we are walking right with him. We're walking right according to God's word. We're walking in the right path, and people can see that. We're turning away from the things that aren't good for us, the things that we're destroying our lives even in years gone by. So it's a walk of right living. Fourthly, it's a walk in his presence. Ah, oh, love. It. I think probably for me, being a Christian, one of the greatest things is to know that we are in his presence. And, and the Lord is with us. Verse 4 Yea, though, or even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me now. Life, of course, is full of dark valleys. It's something that you experience that you have to go through. Um, and the shepherd leading the sheep, he needed to bring them to a place where there was new pastures, new sources of food and water. And oftentimes, though, to get to that. He had to bring them through a valley. And maybe the sun wasn't there, and it was a little darker, and it was a little scarier, and and there was more opportunity for maybe a mountain lion or a wolf or whatever to be around the corner or be up in the rocks or something to jump down. And yet, though, it's a place where he has to lead us. And yet, while he is leading me through these valleys of the shadow of death, The dark valleys. And maybe the valley for you tonight is your health. Or it's finances. Or it's depression. Or you're struggling with fear. And and these are valleys that we have to go through. A loss of a loved one. Places that you don't want to go. That that you're looking ahead and you're going, no. It's too dark. It's too scary. I'm not going there. And yet the Lord is saying, you got to come. You got to come through this valley. And you're saying, no, I don't want to. I'm not going. And yet... In order for him to take these sheep for new provisions, new food, they had to go through. And oftentimes, the valleys that we go through, God has to bring us through. You have to go from this place to this place in your spiritual growth and your walk with the Lord. But oftentimes, when those valleys are coming and it's dark, and even that, that idea, the shadow of death, it is so heavy, it is so hard, it's killing you and you're dying inside and your heart's broken and your life's a mess. And I think the the area of the Valley of Health is just huge in people's lives. So many health issues, so many problems going on with that. Finances are tough, yes of course, and relationships and such, but it seems the health issues. You know, we pray with people up here all the time. Man, it's it's 90% the health. The C word. All these things going on. And it's fear and it's doubt. But he says, You are with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to fear no evil. Because he's with me. This shepherd that we know, who is with me always, no matter how dark in the backyard, I'm always out there with my pups. Now we've put in the dog door and, and they're out. We sometimes we lose them. But I'm looking, I'm trying to find him in the trees and the bushes. And where are you guys? I'm worried about him. I don't want to make, make sure they're not doing something they're not supposed to or digging in something they're not supposed to be digging in. But I'm going to fear no evil because he is with me. And even with my dogs, sometimes I've got to take them to the vet. And guess what? They don't like going to the vet. They learn that lesson real quick. The shots and all that kind of stuff. Ooh. tell you what, the little boy, Finn, he was so shook up. We took him for, I guess, his second or third set of shots, whatever. I mean, all night long, he was shaking, he was shivering. I had to hold him and try and calm him down. It took him like a day to kind of get over that trauma of going through the valley of the shadow of death. He's like, but I had to take him. And God has to take us at times. But the promise, of course, is the shepherd is with me. He is always with me. Isaiah 41, 10, 13. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In verse 13, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying, fear not, for I will help you. Do you believe that he's holding your hand right now? See how personal that comes See how that, that whole thing, the whole concept, everything changes. I mean, imagine your husband, or your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, somebody you know grabs your hand. And even as parents with children, we would take their hands. And, and that calming effect, when any time they would get a little scared, man, that hand's right on you. See, that's what he's doing with us tonight. As he's walking you and I through the valleys, holding our right hand. And I'm to fear not. No matter how dark the valley is. Or how long the valley is. Or where I'm going. But it's a walk in his presence. Number five though. It's a walk of comfort. I love this. Your rod and your staff. They comfort me. And so with the shepherd. Some believe that he actually had. A staff and a rod. Some believe that it was a stick that that had a hook on it, and and at the bottom there was like a knob on it that would be considered a rod, but it doesn't matter whether it was on his waist or in his hand. The idea is it was this this place of protection, but leading and guiding and able to protect the sheep from the the wolves that would come, bam, smack those things, but also able to grab the sheep if they'd stumbled off into the bushes or maybe on the edge of a cliff, whatever, and, and they could be lifted up by the Shepherd's staff to bring comfort in this, this idea, even, even a little bit of correction that would happen. And this protective presence, his guiding presence, it, it made the sheep feel safe. And the idea that, that he was just even there. They were comforted by that. The idea. And the idea, of course, for us is knowing that he's watching over me and you. Yes, we have this adversary. Yes, the devil is there. He's real. But guess what? Who is it that keeps him at bay? See, he could do nothing against Job except what God allowed. Remember that. You've got to understand that. And yes, there are things that we're thinking, God, I don't know why you're allowing this. I'm not, I'm not liking this at all. And yet, as our shepherd, as he leads us through the valley... He knows it's best for us. He knows there's a work that he's going to do in our hearts and our lives. But it's this walk of comfort with the rod to protect and the staff to lift us out. And the fact that he's watching over. He's watching over us. But sixthly, it's a, it's a walk of provision. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Isn't that interesting? In the presence of my enemies, this provision, this, this table... And, of course, the shepherd would make sure that the sheep had plenty of food. Always enough food. Always moving them. Always looking for the the green pastures. Always looking for the place where the the sheep could be well-fed and well-watered. They had plenty to eat. Even though, while the wolves looked on. The wolves weren't stupid. They knew where the sheep were. They could smell them. They could hear them. And yet, they were on the outskirts. And the shepherd was there. Rod and staff. Looking, watching, watching the sheep. Probably getting a little eyeball on one, pick a rock up and throw it at another one. And yet he prepares, he he made this way for them to have all this this food right there in the presence of their enemy. And it's interesting with our dogs, of course, they got plenty of food, more food than they need. But it's funny, we have this cat that was there first. And uh, he's not too happy about these dogs and uh, he makes it known real quick if they're getting too close, and they'll come a little close, and they're like, they don't know what it is. It's it's black and white like they are, so they're like, they come up, hey, you're a funny-looking dog, but I mean, you look fun. I'll play with you, and he'll do a little Pacquiao on them. I mean, real quick, you know, and and it's okay. I understand. You don't like me. You're fine, but they're eating and he's sitting up on the couch or up on a chair, he, he, watching over, watching. Now, I don't think he is their enemy. If I tell you what, in the wrong place at the wrong time, that could be, it could be a little fight going on. But the same with us. He provides for us. And this table spoke of a feast or a banquet. It, it speaks of providing for me while he's protecting me, while he's watching over me. And we are in his presence always, but there is a spiritual entity that's always around us as well. And we have the ministering angels there, we have the Holy Spirit there, and to keep that at bay that's around us while we're in the midst of being provided for sumptuously by our shepherd. Isn't that a crazy thought? I mean, even tonight, you're here, you're, you're, you're being fed, you're, you're worshiping the Lord. This is the, the Lord's house, it's a sanctuary. Well, sad to say that the demons don't stay outside the door there. We, you know, sign out there, no demons allowed. So they're, like, well, okay, yeah, wait till you guys get out, you know, and just have a cigarette and kind of hang out and wait, you know. No, they're all around us. And yet God still provides this banquet before us. It's a walk of provision, always providing, always making sure we have what we need. And then, seventhly, it's a walk of blessings, he says here, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Isn't that just incredible poetry there? But yet it's truth as well. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. And even thinking of the, the, the sheep and the shepherd, if you ever read, um, oh, I forgot his name, just lost him, but uh, a shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm, Keller. Um, he describes, He talks about how he was actually a shepherd at, at one time, how the shepherd would take the uh, medicine and just the oil and such and actually anoint the sheep and their noses and their eyes and their ears and, and stuff to keep the, the bugs and flies out of their nose and such and, and he, would, he would actually anoint them. And this idea, it's, it's the, the touch of God upon our lives, this oil. And, and these sheep, they're, they're filled to overflowing in his provision and it shows, it really speaks of, of the shepherd's care and concern. He says, he anoints my head with oil. And in that idea of the care and concern, my cup overflows. It's like, oh my gosh, Lord, you so bless my life. You so take care of me. Even when I go through those valleys and I'm shaking and I'm fearing and I'm dying as I go through it. And then, and then I, I get through it and it's like, I look back and it's like, wow, I made it through that. And it's like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And we've all been in that place where it's like, this is it, I'm going down, it's the big one, it's over with, I can't make it, I can't go another day, and yet, guess what, you're here today. And we make it, and we see that he blesses us, and our cup overflows, and this, this resulting life is a life that is blessed, and, and my, my pups, they have, a, they have a blessed life. They really do. They got it made. They own the house. They own the place. We've caged them pretty well because they'll tear everything up that's in their sight. But I mean, they go outside. They bring sticks in. They got their bed right there in the living room. They got their food right there. They got their water. They're comfortable in and out, do what they want, tear everything up. Rugs are a mess. Biting on the furniture and everything. I just, they are as happy as can be. Their, their cups are overflowing. They're thinking, oh my gosh, this is great. We got everything we want here. It's a walk of blessings, you guys, when the Lord is my shepherd. There is no better life. Amen? And doesn't that just break your heart when you are ministering to family members and friends and people you know, and you're just trying to like, please just open your heart to Jesus. You realize what you're missing, and you're just like, uh, you just so wish they would just, and yet they, they push it away. They're missing out on so much. Missing out on the life that God has given to those who have called him shepherd. And then lastly, number eight, it's a walk of promise. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord Forever. And when I make the Lord my shepherd, he promises to be good and to be merciful. That's his promise to us. And in this idea of him being my shepherd, as as I'm walking with him, as I'm obeying him, as I'm listening to him, and picture of course the shepherd, we're the sheep. Their eyes are on him. He's directing him, he's leading, he's guiding them. Their light is, is perfect. Can't be any better. It's only when that sheep decides, you know what, that looks a little bit better over there than where he's taking me. So I think I'm going to go and do my own thing. Ever do that? I think, I think I have a better idea than a shepherd. Shepherd really, I'd be dumb for my dogs to think, you know what, the dog food you guys are feeding me, eh, it ain't getting it. I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to drive down the store and get my own kind of dog food. How silly that would be, how crazy that would be, how dangerous that would be in a sense. But he promises to be good and merciful when I'm allowing him to be my shepherd. Giving him that rightful place. Putting him in that place of, yes, you're the master. I'm to follow you. I'm to obey you. I'm to listen to you. I'm to be in your word in that context. And when I make him my shepherd, man, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And even when I go through the valleys. He's there. And then it says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Promises that I will be with him both now and forever. And one of the greatest things about being a Christian is that when we received Christ and we became born again, our spirits were were breathed life into by His Spirit. We're never going to die. This physical tent is going to die. But the spiritual man inside me and you is never going to die. We are never going to experience spiritual death in that context. Physical, psh, drops off, we're out. Yet we're still alive. We'll be with them, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and, and again, the picture of the puppies, they're going to have a wonderful life because I love them as their shepherd and they are allowing me and letting me be and they're, they're letting me be the shepherd. They're letting me feed them, let me care for them, let me take care of them. A little bit sometimes I got to grab them and get them over here and such, but the idea, the promises that he has for us in that. I love that. All the days of my life, dwelling in his house forever, And so, the Lord is our shepherd as he watches over us, as he cares for us, as he is is ministering to us. Are you in that place tonight where you truly are experiencing that love? And maybe tonight you're going through the valley. You're in the valley and you feel like, I'm not sure if I'm going to get myself through this one. And yet God is there to lead you through. God is there to bring you through. He's, he's desiring to, he's asking you, will you let me be your shepherd through this? And maybe tonight you don't even know the shepherd. You've not experienced this love. You've not experienced um, the comfort that is there, the peace of having him, the one who's holding and wants to hold your right hand. And no matter what the valley is, no matter, like I said, no matter what you're going through, he wants to walk you through it. He doesn't want us to be in fear. Fear is from who? Fear is from the devil. It's not from God. And so we're going to close. The worship team's going to come back up. We're going to spend some time in prayer and some worship. And um, more than anything tonight, like I said, I just pray that, that there's a, a new concept and that, that as I walk and as you walk through this life, you realize that the shepherd is there. He's watching over. He's thinking about you. You know, the Psalm 139, I think, verse 21 or whatever says, his thoughts are, uh, for us are more than the sands of the sea. How is that? Do you really believe that he's thinking about you right now? I'm thinking about my dogs right now. I think about them all the time. He's thinking about you. Not only is he thinking about you, but he's praying for you. He's making intercession for you. He's concerned about you. He wants you to know his love as you walk through this life and have it in such a way, going back to those puppies. When you saw them on the screen, the emotion that was, was, that that you know what I'm talking about. It was like, man, and that's what he thinks about you. He's thinking that about you. I'll close with Zephaniah 3, 16. Great passage of scripture, prophecy, speaking of when Israel, they would be restored and, and God was promising them. He says, In the day in that day it should be said to Jerusalem, do not fear. Zion, let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God in the mixed, the mighty one was saved, and he will rejoice over you with gladness. When I when I see those dogs tonight, I'm just it's like, come on all oh, and and get all over me and bite my ears and lick my face and do all that kind of stuff, and me doing that with them, that's him. To you and me. He's rejoicing over you with gladness. He will quiet you or he will give you peace with his love. And he will rejoice over you with singing. He's he's got your back. He's got his eyes on you. He's watching. He's thinking. He's planning. He knows where you're going. But I got to let him be that shepherd, amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for um, even inspiring David to write such incredible words that speak so much to us. Father, thank you that you are our shepherd and that we shall not want. And that, Lord, no matter where we find ourselves walking tonight, we're not going to fear because you're with us and you, and you bring peace and you comfort and you protect you provide for us lord you do all these things because of who you are because of your care and your concern for us not because of anything that we can do or have done and lord tonight i pray if there are any here tonight who had never come to know this incredible shepherd the lord even now they would open up their hearts they would say, I want to know this type of God. I want to know this the person of Jesus Christ in the shepherd. And that, Lord, that you would forgive them of their sins and you would save them from the destructive life. You would save them from the fear and the, the, the turmoil that is going on. And, Lord, even those that are in that place, in the valley, in the valley, God, I pray that they would see the promise in this psalm that, Lord, you're leading them, but you're going to bring them through. And you're with them, holding their hand every step of the way. So, Lord, fill us to overflowing. Even as Paul said, we'd know the height, the depth, the width, the length, the love of God that surpasses all understanding. And, Lord, we would live in that place of of incredible joy, unspeakable, full of glory, rejoicing in this God who loves us so much and, and desires so much to have this relationship with us, this fellowship, this, this loving, um, even the tenderness of those puppies in our minds, God. So bless, Lord, tonight, even as we spend time with you and some more worship and just um, hanging out, God. Thank you for your, your tender, loving kindness in our lives, Lord.